good evening, everyone. Merry Christmas. It's good to see your smiling faces this evening. I don't know if that's for the presents or for Jesus, but we'll give you credit. Uh, if you're our guest today, uh, we are glad you can be with us this evening. Glad we can be together on Christmas Eve. Uh, my name is Ben. I'm the lead pastor here. Uh, we want to welcome you again. Uh, we're going to look at Luke chapter 2 briefly this evening. Luke chapter 2, it'll be on the screens behind me. We're going to look at verses 1 through 14, and it continues the story of what we just read in Luke chapter 1. Hear the reading of God's word. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Let's pray before we look at this text. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you this evening as we gather together to celebrate your greatest gift to us, your son in our place. God, we pray tonight as we celebrate and as we rejoice in this great gift you've given that you would work on our hearts to help us maybe for the first time to know what that really means in this gift or maybe for the hundredth time to be reminded and to remember your love towards us in Christ. We pray in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, people now call it a Potemkin village. And a Potemkin village is actually a, a technical term now that people use, and it's referring back to a story of a man named Gregory Potemkin and Catherine the Great. And Catherine the Great, you may remember that name from history as the lady who was the, the royalty of Russia back in the late 1700s, and she ruled and reigned uh, for many years, but at this point in time, she was rumored to being uh, on a tour of the region that she ruled over, and she was coming through Gregory's town. And so because she was coming through the town, Gregory was well known as this favorite of hers, and he wanted to please her and make everything look well, and, and so he planned ahead that this would be an opportunity for him to show off. But the only problem was his town was wrecked. They had just been devastated by a war, and all the buildings were broken. The people were in uh, you know, poverty, and things were falling apart in their town. And so he came up with the brilliant idea to fake it. He was going to fake their village, being in great condition, because it really wasn't. 
And so he decided as she was coming down the river that they would plan to build fake buildings and fill them with peasants who were not living in great conditions, but they would pay them and, and fake it as if everything was great. And when she would ride through the river on her boat, they would cheer and celebrate and act as if everything was happening wonderfully. And then as soon as she passed by the first set of buildings, this is what happened. They literally tore the building down and moved down the river, rebuilt this temporary structure, and filled it with the same people to make it seem like this town was just this sprawling, beautiful place with happy and smiling faces. But it was all fake. It was all a facade. And so it's called a Potemkin village. It's this image of everything being okay when it's really not. I mean, don't we do that? We do that maybe not in such an elaborate, expensive way, but we do that in all areas of life where we don't really want to face the hard news. We don't want to deal with the difficult things. We, we don't want to talk about how maybe there's a lack of connection in our marriage, or we don't want to talk about the struggles in our finances during Christmas, or we don't want to talk about that family member who no one has talked to in years, or maybe the losses we've experienced in 2022, whatever it is, we don't want to deal with the tough things. And so we often put on a facade like everything's okay, even in our relationship with God. And what happens is we imagine that when God comes into our life and he shows up, he's going to be looking for everything perfect. He's going to be looking for smiles and cheers and everyone happy, but he's not. I mean, what, what is God looking for when he shows up? Is he like that where he's looking for everything to be great or is he looking for something else? And that's what I want to look at this evening in this text because what we see is that God is actually looking for powerless people. We see this in verse 8. It says, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. See, it's no mistake that God shows up to the shepherds first. Sometimes we romanticize or forget what's happening in this story because maybe we're so familiar with it. But the shepherds would have been shocking to the original audience. Because shepherds in their culture were marginalized, they, they were pushed to the side, they were the people that no one trusted. They were actually considered liars and thieves, and so people, that they wouldn't even listen to their testimony in court. It was illegal to take the testimony of a shepherd, because they were untrustworthy. They were the kind of people that no one would expect that God would come to first, and yet he does. He reveals this message of the Christ child to shepherds. Why? It's because God was bringing about his purposes in these intentional people. He was showing up to powerless people who had nothing to offer. See, this is the first lesson of the gospel. To understand the gospel of Christmas, the good news of what it means to believe in Jesus, you have to know that God shows up for people who have nothing to offer. That means that God shows up for people like you and me where we don't have what it takes. We don't have the, the beauty and the wonder and the glory of a, of a perfect image. We have brokenness. He shows up for the addicted. He shows up for the confused. He shows up for the doubting. 
He shows up for the marginalized. He shows up for people who've got more questions than answers. He shows up for people who failed big. He shows up people, for people who are full of pride and arrogance. He shows up for all the people that no one would expect and has nothing to offer. That's the people that God comes for. See, Jesus would later say in his life, he would say, I came not for the righteous, but for sinners. And Jesus says that to the religious leaders tongue-in-cheek because what he's saying is, I came for everyone, but you don't think you're sinners. You don't think that you're the people that I came for because you are pretending that everything is okay when it's really not. It's much worse than you want to let on, right? I mean, let's be honest. Christmas is a hard time. I mean, if you can get past the shopping and the, the parties and the busy schedules, there's, there's a lot of pain in Christmas. There's a lot of loss as we look over the year and we think about dreams that didn't come true or jobs that were lost or sickness that took loved ones or whatever it may be that 2022 has held for you. There, there is a lot of pain in Christmas as we think about that. And so sometimes the, the temptation is to put up this facade as if everything is okay. Even in our relationship with God, we think that our relationship with God is, is the area where we need to be even better. But it's not true. What happens is when we put up this facade, we, we distance ourselves from God, thinking that if we can build these fake buildings, just like Potemkin, we can build these things that look as if everything is okay, maybe God will be okay with us. And so we hide behind things like work and throw ourselves into overtime or, or we hide behind our parenting and give ourselves to our kids and we hide behind things like maybe a relationship in our life, whatever it may be, and we, we put ourselves into those things, those things that give us a sense of control and, and, and comfort and peace in our life. Because if I can just hold on to this thing, maybe everything will be okay. But it never delivers. Right? At some point, we have to become honest and say, it's not okay. But the good news of the gospel is it's okay to not be okay. God comes for shepherds. God comes for the people that no one else would come for. He comes for the people that no one else would expect, that everyone else has written off. He comes for people like you and people like me. But he doesn't just visit the powerless. He comes to bring peace to the powerless. And this is in verse 11. Look at what the angel says to the shepherds. The angel says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is called Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And this is incredible news. The angel says, You're going to get a sign a sign that God really does care about you as shepherds, as the powerless people. And here's the sign. God, the humble God, is going to come in a humble form. He's going to come in powerless humanity. He's going to come just like you and me. He's going to come in the form of a little baby in a manger who has no power. The vulnerability of Christ in the manger is incredible. And then the angel says this in verse 14. He says, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. He's saying God is coming to be with you, but he's coming to be with you for what? To bring peace. And peace in the Bible is not just the absence of conflict in a relationship. 
peace in the Bible means wholeness and thriving. It means that everything is the way it's supposed to be. That sense of security that you don't have to fake it. You don't have to pretend. You don't have to put up some facade. But it's real deep peace. Genuine wholeness. He says Christ is coming for that. He's coming for peace. And the way he's going to do it is that humble child in the manger would grow up to one day be humiliated on a cross. See, Jesus would take upon himself all of our sin, all of our fears, all of our failures, all of our shame, and he would pay for it with his own life. He would take our place so that we could have his peace, so that we could finally come to God without any pretense, without any pretending, without anything that we offer. We come to God empty-handed, powerless, ready to receive. We come not having to hide our sins, not having to hide our addictions, not having to hide our doubts. He comes to take all of our brokenness for the broken to make us whole. Jesus brings that kind of secure peace, as the angel says, for all people. For all people. Maybe you've seen the the classic Charlie Brown Christmas special, right? It's been running on TV for, I think, the last 50 years is what I've heard. And most people have seen it at some point. If you haven't seen it, it's probably playing today or tomorrow. It is the, uh, you know, tradition for many people to watch that special. And if you have watched Charlie Brown at all, you know in the Charlie Brown crew is Linus. And Linus is this cute little guy who walks around, you know, sucking on his thumb, and he has a a little blanket that he always has with him. And the blanket represents his security, his peace, his sense of everything in the world is okay, right? And all throughout the show and all the different uh, episodes of Charlie Brown, everyone's trying to get Linus to drop his blanket, to get rid of this silly kid thing. But no one can do it until the Christmas special. And in the Christmas special, you know, there's this scene at the end where Charlie Brown is exhausted and overwhelmed and and he kind of shouts out, I just don't know what the purpose of Christmas is all about. And then he asks this question, he says, does anyone know what Christmas is all about? And Linus, with his blanket in his hand, he walks over and he says to Charlie Brown, Charlie Brown, sure, I know what Christmas is all about. And he walks to the center of the stage and he begins to quote From Luke chapter 2, and just as we read, it says, And the angels said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. And the moment that Linus says those words, Fear not, he drops the blanket. He drops the blanket that represents all of his peace and security, the blanket that he was holding on to that gave him a a sense of comfort and and joy, the thing that he, he felt comfortable in this world because he had his blanket, he drops it. But why? Because he had found a new peace, a greater peace, a true peace that was in Christ in the scripture that he read. See, that moment in Charlie Brown, it represents the good news of the gospel. What he's saying is, I hear the message of the angels saying, fear not, fear not, because there's great joy, there's good news. Jesus has come to give you peace. And so I trust him. That's what Christmas is all about. See, tonight as we celebrate and we we remember this great story, we know that Christmas is about that promise. It's about the promise of peace that Christ gives us. 
But the way we receive that peace is just the same way that Linus in the show, he drops his blanket. He drops the thing that he's been trusting in that's been giving him a sense of comfort and joy. He drops whatever that thing is he's trusting in that he's pretending really isn't uh, a big deal, but it really is what he's holding on to. He drops that and he trusts in Jesus. That's what it means to have faith. It means that I let go of one thing and I hold on to Jesus and trust him. And whatever he has for me, what, what he's done for me is enough. It's enough because I have him. Let's pray. Father, we trust the promise. As the angel said, fear not. Fear not, for I bring good news of great joy for all the people, and he will bring peace. Father, we ask that you would work this peace deep into our hearts. Help us to not pretend and hide behind whatever other attachment we may have, whatever other idol we may have, the, the thing that we think is going to protect us and promote us. Help us to have the sense of security that we so long for. All of those things are false peace. The only true peace is found in you. The only gift that we can receive that will fully satisfy is you. And so, Father, we pray tonight that you would help us to remember that or to believe that for the first time, to let go, to drop the blanket of our false security and trust in you and simply receive. God, may that truth be worked in our heart by the power of your Holy Spirit for your glory and our good. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.